Today we are going to talk about defense. We're going to talk about the highs that this team could reach in 2024 defensively. We're going to talk about the lows that are still on the table, the team defense, and then obviously some individuals as well. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, January 12th, 2023. Thank you, 24. 24. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off of your first purchase. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic week. Happy Friday to all. Send you into the weekend here. Hope it's a great one. Uh, we are going to talk about defense today, and uh, we're going to talk about the team defense, some aspects aspects of the team defense that are not usually discussed uh, we will talk about the coaching decisions that have gone into the defense. We'll talk about uh, how we got to where we are. And then we'll obviously spend, obviously spend, goodness, I wish I could talk today, a lot of time talking about some individuals defensively and where they stand, how much they're going to help the team, et cetera. And then how much of an impact overall uh, this defense can have. There's a lot of conversations here. I really do think it's fascinating. I know the joke is that I find every conversation fascinating, but Here's another one in a long list of fascinating conversations we have here on Locked on Tigers. So let's start off by talking about the team defense as a whole. Um, there's two stats we're going to look at mainly today, and that's outs above average and defensive runs saved. There's a, few, there's a few more. Goodness, what is happening to me? There is a few more good stats out there uh, to look at defensively. But when it comes to team defense overall, those are the two that are going to get the biggest look and I think do the best job of articulating uh, where this team stands as a whole defensively. Again, individually, there's a, a few more stats. You can get really kind of fascinating with it. Um, but those are the two we're going to look at a lot for team outlook. And one of the reasons why, if you go to fieldingbible.com, they have a fantastic database with uh, team DRS numbers. And they've been doing it for a while, years and years. And when you look at Team DRS, the Tigers have not been very good in this, before 2023 at least, have not been very good in a very long time. Uh, even really before, like when the Tigers were good, like 2010 to 2014, they had some really good individual defenders, Austin Jackson, Jose Iglesias, amongst a couple others. Uh, but the team defense was not very good. Then you get into the rebuild. And it's all bad, right? 2017 and 2019, the Tigers were comfortably the worst defense in the game of baseball. 2019, they were pretty much nearly the worst everything in the game of baseball. Um, and then you have years like 2018, 2020, 2021, where eh, it wasn't very good, but it wasn't like unbelievably by and far and away the worst defense in the entire league, but it still was bad. And it was still toward, you know, bottom two, bottom five in the league. 2021, like I said, it wasn't good, but you had some coaching decisions, the A.J. Hinch effect that helped a little bit. 2022, you took a step in the right direction. And in 2023, you were 13th 
in baseball, in team DRS. Again, this is according to the Fielding Bible. Now, one of the reasons I like this website is because they break it down position by position rather than player by player. Now, they do have individual player you know, numbers for all of these, but um, we can take a look. For instance, out of third base for the Detroit Tigers, they got a negative 22 DRS in 2023. That is not only the worst in baseball, that's the worst in baseball by nine DRS. The A's were second to last, and they had minus 13. We had minus 22. Matt Veerling was not the biggest reason for that. It was more Nick Maton. Uh, for as much heat as Nick Maton got, I really feel bad. I don't like continuing to bring up how poor of a season he had. I'm sure he's aware that he struggled mightily in 2023, but as poor of a season as he had at the plate, he had a really poor season defensively as well. He was toward the bottom, if not in the bottom 1%, first percentile, in nearly every defensive metric as well. And uh, that is a big reason why the Tigers find themselves so comfortably at the bottom there in third base. I mean, Jonathan Scope, for as good of a defensive season he had in 2022, wasn't exactly the same in 2023. Um, I mean, just go around. It was kind of a revolving door until Veerling took over there the last couple of months of the year. We'll talk about Veerling when we get into the individuals. but um, and, and then the other big one was first base, was the other big negative. Uh, they got negative nine out of first base. That's second worst in baseball. The Royals and Twins had minus 10. They were the only two teams worse. Um, so I guess the third worst, but the second worst number. Spencer Torkelson, we'll talk about him a little bit as well uh, later on when we get to individuals. For as, as much optimism as there is around him, and I think he's the, he should be considered the first baseman of the future, he has struggled mightily defensively uh, at the major league level. Now, that is not including scoops. I always have to preface this because someone always gets mad at me when I say Torkelson isn't a good defender. He is incredible at scooping. There's metrics for that too. There's pretty much numbers for everything these days. He is objectively really, really, really good at scooping. I'm not denying that. That is true. That does bring value. You are correct. Okay? Two thumbs up. In every other aspect of defense, he is a massive minus. In range, he's a massive minus. In just fielding and, and playing balls, he's a massive minus. In first step, he's a massive minus. Literally everything else. He's a big negative. But he is good at scooping. Okay? Glad we got that out of the way early so I don't have to rebring it up 90 times. Um, this show. So that's important to bring up every other position. They're around zero. I mean, they range from negative two to positive four. They were a plus eight at second. Uh, Andy Abanez was a positive defender and Zach McKinstry was a big time plus defender at second base. Um, and then catcher. We all know Jakey Rogers, really good defender behind the plate, uh, ranked out as, uh, as the eighth highest DRS and he only played whatever 100 110 games so not even 110 right 900 ish give or take five ish games um so that's something where uh the other people they had in there obviously Eric Haas for a large part of the season but also uh Carson Kelly toward the end of the season plus defender that's why they picked up his option one of the most fascinating things about the fielding bible though is when you go through and you're done looking at the individual positions you can look at how much defensive runs the Tigers saved based on their shifting ability. Now, obviously in 2023, the shift got limited, but it did not go away. If you watched a single baseball game, you're very aware 
that uh, you could hit a ground ball up the middle and it would still be caught more, more times than not because they would just stand a little bit to the right of the line. There was no dramatic shift where you had five people or four people all on one side of the field, but there was still a lot of shifting and a lot of positional kind of chess happening in the game of baseball in 2023. And the Tigers in the entire A.J. Hinch era have been a massive plus in shifting and in defensive runs saved via positioning. And that's one of the things I always point to when I'm defending, I guess is the word, but when I'm articulating, I guess we'll go with, not really defending, um, when I'm articulating the coaching ability of this staff as a whole and A.J. Hinch. Um, this is a, for infield shift DRS, the Tigers were eighth. They had a plus 15 Tied with the Blue Jays, I guess, at 7th, technically, who also had a plus 15. Um, and then when you go to outfield positioning, they were a plus 17. That is not only the best in all of baseball, that's the best in all of baseball by 5. They were a plus 17. The Guardians were 2nd with plus 12. The Reds were 3rd with plus 10. The Astros 4th with plus 8. Blue Jays, Padres 5th, 6th, Angels 7th, Dodgers, whatever. Plus 17 comfortably the best in baseball. And that's been a reoccurring theme throughout the entire A.J. Hinch era. Is If they're not at the top, they're towards the top in baseball in shifting and positioning year in and year out. And so that's a big plus to have in your back pocket. Now, that all being said, that's all fine and dandy. But talent matters, right? If A.J. Hinch was managing, you know, nine of me in my present state, right? Or even at my peak athletic ability, doesn't matter. I've never been close to major league baseball talent, right? So he was managing nine of me, we would be negative a lot defensively, okay? <laughs> my legs don't work like they used to. Be negative a lot. Um, and so the, the talent does matter. And that's why we're going to get into some individuals and what their outlook is defensively for this year. And just really, we'll end the show with how good this defense could be and how much of a factor it's going to be for the 2024 season. All right, we'll get into all of that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See, you can see the view of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in price shows you your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal before you even check out. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, quite literally just two taps, and you're all set. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after the event starts. This is why it's my favorite app to use and the only app I use for buying tickets at this point. I am a very, uh, we'll just call it spontaneous person when it comes to attending sporting events. Uh, I love all sports. Um, I'm close to Detroit. I, I pretty much just can wake up one day and just go, you know what? I want to go see the Wings or the Tigers today. And that is why Game Time is comfortably the best app out there for me as well. Uh, it truly is the definition of clutch. Uh, they have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, like I said. And you can we're talking football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater. If it needs a ticket, there's a chance that Game Time has it. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED ON for $20 off 
of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code locked on L O C K E D O N all one word for twenty dollars off. Game t- download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back on Monday, continuing our off-season discussion. There's a lot of moves happening around baseball uh, on Friday or Thursday. Rather, we have a lot of arbitration type of stuff. We'll talk about that on Monday as well. Just kind of a look around the league and talk about the off-season as a whole. Uh, Imanaga signs with the Cubs. We'll talk about that. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Also, be sure to check out Locked On Sports today. It's a 24/7 streaming YouTube channel that covers the top sports stories of the league with your local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24/7 streaming channel. Okay, so we're talking about individuals defensively now. Uh, we talked about Nick Maton already because we were talking about third base specifically just how much of kind of a black hole it became defensively. But when Veerling took over, um, it, it did improve defensively, right? It, well, and offensively. It, it, it got better than – it was an improvement over Maton, who, again, just unfortunately really struggled in pretty much every aspect of the game last year at the Major League level. Um, and Veerling was one of the guys who – he's fine there. Uh, he's not going to win any gold gloves. He's athletic. Uh, but he doesn't have a crazy amount of range over at third base. His range numbers were fine. They were positive. He was a plus one OAA at third base. That's good. He was a negative one DRS. Uh, So he's going to be around a fine, you know, net zero-ish defender for you. Maybe he can get a little bit more positive under with a full season at third base, but um, that's a different conversation. The the Matt Veerling being our third baseman opening day thing. We'll get to that later, but um, Later in the offseason, not this episode. We're strictly talking about defense today, folks. Um, so maybe he can be a little bit better. I think that the the team defense at that position will improve improve mightily. Um, OAA at third base was also dead last in baseball. So even if you're like, oh, DRS sucks, well, they were dead last in OAA as well. Pretty much any defensive metric you can find, the production they got at third base was dreadful. So Having a little bit of stability there will help Jace Young if he does make the majors and play third base at some point for the Detroit Tigers in 2024. Uh, there's some question marks around his defense. He did win a gold glove for defense at second in the minors, but then he was playing third base in the Arizona Fall League. The plan, I think, is for him to play third, but we haven't really seen him legitimately play third in a very, very long time. So uh, that's a kind of a big question mark. Uh, I don't know how much better or worse he is going to be than Veerling. He has decent footwork and uh, and whatnot. I think the arm is good enough to play third. He doesn't have a laser necessarily. Uh, I like his hands. They were good enough at second base. I don't know why they would be significantly worse at third, but um, there's there's certainly a question mark there long term. Um, but in a whole, 2024, third base will be better. Shortstop. Let's talk Javi. Okay. Javi was had some of the best range out of shortstop in the entire game of baseball. And for as much as earlier, I said, you know, we've kind of moved on as a, as a community, the baseball community has kind of moved on from like, Oh yeah. You know, fielding percentage and errors is really all that matters. Um, That's, that's certainly not the case. And there's so much more that goes into defense than just how many errors you commit. 
Javi is a fascinating case in that study because he commits a lot of errors, but has elite range. He genuinely had one of the highest OAA in the game of baseball. He's in 95th or 97th percentile in the league when it came to OAA. He was a plus two DRS. So again, a little bit of a different metric there, not calculating the same thing exactly, um, but was a positive there. Uh, but over the last two years, just in the the Javi Baez experience and, and uh, era, tenure, whatever you want to call it, for the Tigers, he has committed a lot of errors. and. There's this big debate over, like, at what point is it not worth it? How good your range is if you're committing a lot of errors. He is still a plus contributor defensively, in my eyes. Um, does that make him like the most elite defender I've ever seen? No. Uh, he, th- you know, Spencer Torkelson has to scoop the ball all the time. Uh, he has a lot of throwing errors still. He has his fair share of fielding errors still. All of this is true. But he objectively, gives you a better chance defensively at shortstop. At sh- I don't know why I said shortstop, like it was two separate shortstop. Gives you a better chance defensively at shortstop to give any ball hit that direction than anyone else in this organization, okay? Does that mean that he's going to be a plus war player or that he's going to be some big contributor? No, we're only talking about defense before I get yelled at. Only defense, okay? Not saying the contract is worth it. Not saying that he's going to hit well. Strictly defense, he objectively gives you a better chance at any ball hit to the left side of the field than anyone else in this organization would playing the same position. So he's going to be the opening day shortstop, and we are just going to hope that he can minimize the errors and hit even a half of a lick. Okay? So we will see what happens there. But at shortstop, he's going to be the opening day shortstop, and you don't really have too many other options as it stands. Just kind of bouncing around the rest of the diamond, Jake Rogers, we talked about a little bit. Him and Carson Kelly should be a pretty solid defensive duo for the Tigers. Obviously, if Dylan Dingler gets injected at some point, that's a different conversation. I've liked what I've seen out of Dingler defensively. Um, I think that he's had some growing pains when it comes to his development, but that's kind of all catchers. Uh, The catchers are similar to goalies for those who – follow the game of hockey, right? Like just development of them is kind of wonky and all over the place. So uh, I, uh, but I've liked what I've seen. He's got a good arm uh, by most accounts, all accounts, really. Uh, He, you know, pitchers like working with him and uh, I think he's good at blocking balls. So we'll see what happens there. Um, But Carson Kelly and Jake Rogers are, are relatively proven, if not fully proven commodities defensively for the Tigers this upcoming year. So that'll be good. Uh, first base, we talked about Torkelson, really don't have to go too much more in depth. Uh, good at scooping, needs to work on a, a lot. I, I He's athletic enough to be good there. That's like the frustrating part to me is it's not like this dude is completely just like some unathletic guy who who just like is ne- never has a chance of being good. Like he should, he should be good defensively. He, he has the athleticism. He just uh, like didn't have very good hands uh, on, on balls in play in 2023. So I'm hoping that he can take a step in the right direction there. Even if he can be around net zero, I think that that'll help his value a boatload, right? People that like war, even people that don't like war, uh, we'll see a big uptick in that, even with a relatively similar offensive season, if the defense can take a big step. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but that's obviously a big thing. Second base was going to save for the end, as well as, 
Uh, well, we, we probably won't save center field till the end because that's Parker Meadows. That's one of the ones I'm most excited to talk about. Riley Green in the corner, right? Corner outfield. I think he can be a plus defender in the corner. I do. I, is he going to win a gold glove out there? Probably not. But I do think that he can be a big-time plus defender in left and right field. And that's really all we're asking for is for him to do that and stay healthy. So that's going to be a, a good thing. Kerry Carpenter. Let's talk about Kerry Carpenter. I think that that's uh, a pretty interesting one as well. We will do that right after this. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Well, I guess it has wrapped up, right? Uh, you have the regular season of the NFL coming to an end. A lot of head coaching firings. If you got any prop bets on head coaching firings, hopefully you're having a good time as uh, a lot of coaching changes. Uh, Belichick, Saban, obviously that's college, but still Pete Carroll, like three of the the like most legendary coaches of our of my at least generation, all leaving at the same time. Really, really wild stuff. Um, but playoffs right around the corner. A lot of fun bets to get in on the action at FanDuel, and right now new customers can get one hundred and fifty dollars. In bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. You can bet via live same-game parlays while the game is happening. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. See what's hot right now. You can make a parlay in Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment, Locked On Tigers. Appreciate you all greatly for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Talking about some individuals defensively, and then we'll talk about the overall team impact uh, defensively again before we send you on your way and just how much of an impact, you know, this a, a good defense or a bad defense could have on the season and whatnot. So um, Parker Meadows, is, oh, Kerry Carpenter, that's where we left off. Almost jumped the gun there. Kerry Carpenter, uh, for a while there, was struggling so much defensively that I'm pretty sure I came on air. I can't remember if this was just a thought I had or whether I said it on air. I'm, I'm pretty sure I said it, though. But it probably, like, a, I mean, what, nine months ago, eight months ago? In the beginning part of last season, it said, you know, that he was struggling so much defensively that I think it was pretty safe to say that he should be the DH going forward. And in the second half, was he a plus defender? No. Not trying to argue that he was some like big time plus gold glove caliber defender. But did he take a monumental step forward defensively from where he was at prior? Absolutely. He ended the year with a minus three OAA which is in the 22nd percentile, bottom quarter of the league. But considering where he was at, that's a step in the right direction. His arm value was also positive, and his arm strength was in the 85th percentile, something that you want out of your corner outfield position. I think the days of assuming that Kerry Carpenter is just going to be the DH are gone. I think that Kerry Carpenter is going to get a legitimate look and legitimate playing time in the corner outfield. I also think he'll get plenty at DH. Uh, I think that that's something that, Again, we talk about a lot. I think that this team is really excited to not have just one person be the DH. And I think that one of the reasons why they're excited for that is because of the improvement that Carpenter showed defensively 
in the second half of the year. Now, again, improvement from where he was at still doesn't mean plus defender. Um, but if he can even be around a net zero defender there for a full season, he'll be incredibly valuable, assuming the bat comes along. Okay. So I, I want to start off with him. Mark Canna, probably going to give you slightly minus defense out of corner outfield. Not going to be a liability. Not going to be a big plus. You got him because uh, of what he does at the plate. Who else? I guess that leaves us with Parker Meadows, Colt Keith, and Justin Henry Malloy, the three uh, kind of biggest wild cards I want to talk about. Parker Meadows will start with not a wild card. Uh, I am unbelievably excited for what Parker Meadows is going to do in center field for the Tigers this year. The Tigers actually ended with a minus two in DRS from center field this season because uh, Parker Meadows only played in 37 games, right? So uh, only so much that he can do. Um, but Parker Meadows is going to be a magnificent defender for this baseball team and in a ballpark that requires so much speed and just like first step ability we'll call it um again I, I can't say enough good things I am unbelievably excited his arm strength was also in the 81st percentile like as if he wasn't already talented enough to just like roam and be fast enough 90th percentile sprint speed by the way uh, he also has a plus arm like a big time plus arm uh, he had plus four OAA in 37 games. That is mind-boggling. That is remarkable. Um, he was a plus heading towards third base. He was a plus heading toward first base. Uh, he was a plus uh, against lefties. He was a plus against righties at the plate. Like It did not matter. In just 90 attempts, 90 opportunities in center field, he had a 94%, sorry, a 98% success rate uh, and again, was a plus four OAA in just 37 games. That's that, that that's mind boggling. That's remarkable. So I am unbelievably excited for Parker Meadows to be the center fielder of this team. I hope that he can, uh, it's really just like, can he hit well enough to keep sending him out there? And, and uh, if he even has an OPS in the seven hundreds this year with how good he's going to be on the base paths and in center field, this dude could legitimately be a two and a half or three war player with like, Oh, uh, 730, 720 OPS, <laughs> just because of how much value he's going to bring outside of the batter's box. Uh, and again, has like 20 home run power. We, if, if you've been listening for any length of time, you know how big of a fan I am of Parker and, and what he could mean to this team long-term. So um, defense is really where that starts and ends. Uh, he, he is going to be unbelievably valuable. I'm really excited for how much weight that is going to hold in the team defense and just overall game to game, like just, you know, even if you're not a numbers person, you're like, holy cow, like I, I can't stand listening to this kid talk about these stats anymore. Just watching, right? Like you, you just watch the game, purely eye test. He got to balls that genuinely, it's been since Austin Jackson, anybody has gotten to uh, in the Tigers center field. And I'm very excited. Very, very excited. We saw a glimpse of it. I'm ready for the full meal at this point with Parker Meadows. So that's a big one that's going to hold at, at arguably what a top three importance defensively position in the field, right? Shortstop, center field, even if you kind of don't include catcher, because that's like a lot more to do with it than just defense. That's like strategy stuff. Um, I mean, center field is one of the most important positions to be good at. And uh, having Parker Meadows is really, really exciting for that. The two wild cards are going to be Colt Keith and they're going to be Justin Henry Malloy. Colt Keith has some question marks defensively. 
Uh, I have some people still convinced that he's going to be the opening day third baseman. I I really don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to be the second baseman for this team on opening day. Um, I think that whether it was the injury that happened, what was that in 2022, or whether it just never was good enough, his arm I don't think is major league third base ready. And uh, it, it's hard to like improve your arm substantially. That's kind of something that you either have, you work on as you get older, or like you don't. You don't really see huge improvements in arm strength once you get to the major league level. And again, he had a, he had an injury with what was it his shoulder uh, back a couple of seasons ago now. So I think he's going to be the second baseman, and I'm fine with that. If Colt Keith can even be a net zero defender for this baseball team at second base, he is going to be stellar long-term, okay? We'll see how long it takes him to adjust to major league hitting or major league pitching, rather, at the plate. Uh, we'll see how long that adjustment takes. He, he traditionally starts off slow and then adjusts. Motor City Metrics has done a great job covering Colt Keith since he was drafted um, and, and talks about that all the time. Defensively, uh, I just need dude to be, even if he's like a minus one <laughs> defender, he's going to bring immense value to this team uh, over the next six years. Uh, that That's how much everybody believes in the bat. So uh, I just need him to prove that he can be the second baseman going forward. Just don't be a liability there. Don't leave us after 2022 or what the heck after 2024, rather goodness. What year is it? Don't leave us going, you know, after this upcoming season ends going, wow, where does Colt Keith fit into the, the lineup defensively long-term? Just prove that you can play there and you'll be steady. Okay. That's all I care about. We'll end on Justin Henry Malloy. I've been getting a lot of questions about Justin Henry Malloy lately uh, because I've said a few times on air that I really think it's kind of tough to find a guaranteed spot for him on the Major League roster on opening day. I still believe that. Very much I still believe that. Um, And I think the reason for that is because from what I have seen as far as just like watching him play in the minors – as well as what as what I have heard uh, from you know people around the organization or beat writers, etc. I really do think that the third base ship has sailed. I don't think anybody in the Tigers organization right now is planning and penciling in Malloy to be the third baseman for this team at any point in the future. Now, could that be wrong? Could he make a ton of adjustments? really have just like worked all off season on improving at third base and go into camp and really surprise people. Yes. That's why I'm excited for spring training amongst a million other reasons. But as it stands in January, which is early fully admitting, but as it stands in January and what we saw out of him last year, you should have zero expectations for this dude to play third base at the major league level for the Tigers in any consistent capacity. So that leaves him corner outfield. He wasn't a stellar defensive corner outfielder either. And this is where the conversation gets really tough because what else does he have to prove offensively in AAA? The answer is nothing. I love this kid. Like he he is going to be an on-base percentage machine. I cannot wait for him to be at the major league level. I'm so excited about his profile. I, I, I'm beyond pumped 
for him to be in the majors. This kind of profile is what I have been asking for, for this organization for like my entire life. But he has to be able to play somewhere. And I don't think this organization, again, as I reiterated earlier, is very keen on, we're just going to call up a rookie to only DH for us. And the outfield's already kind of crowded. So defensively, third base, you're not getting help from him. Veerling will be better than Maton. We know he is. That's objective defensively. Um, well, and offensively last year, obviously. Um, but defensively, he's going to be better. Uh, and then, you know, like Andy Abanez was fine there, right? Zach McKinstry was fine there. You have guys who can be net zero or slightly worse or slightly better somewhere in that range, defenders at third base. I don't think you're getting help from Malloy. Corner outfield, I think he would be a minus defender. Now, the 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 depths of that minus is where that becomes debatable. And if he can even be a minus two, minus three defender out there, right? We've seen Kerry Carpenter still got playing time and played every day when he was a big time minus defender, right? So if you can bring value at the plate, they'll find a spot for you at the end of the day. Hitting solves all. But as far as the team impact goes, how how much weight is this going to carry? This is something that Scott Harris has made a very big focal point. Defense matters. And I think that that's why Malloy isn't at the major league level to have a full circle conversation there. It's because Harris wants a team that is sound defensively. And I appreciate that. That's something that this team has not really cared about in my life, to be completely honest with you, right? Even when they were good, even in the 2010 to 2014 era, we talked about that earlier. Wasn't the best team defensively. They were playing Miggy at third base at one point, right? So I appreciate a a team that wants to be better defensively. I appreciate that they recognize how much value their, their manager brings in positioning. And I think that uh, that is is something that holds a lot of value that people that watch the game consistently can really grasp and understand how much value a good defensive team can really have. Is it everything? No, right? There are teams every year that are really bad defensively that are good. There are teams every year, excuse me, that are really good defensively that are bad. Okay. And like record wise that are bad. It's not the end-all be-all, but I do appreciate the focus on it. I appreciate that the Tigers have improved on it over each of the last three years, and uh, I'm looking for another step in the right direction here. Best-case scenario, I think you you possibly crack into the top 10 in Team DRS. Maybe you crack into the top 15 in OAA, right? Because they were 20th in, in OAA and, what, 13th, I said, in DRS. And if you if you're a top half of the league defense in both metrics, that's a huge plus. I think that Parker will help. I think Torkelson making some adjustments will help. I think not having Maton out there defensively for, you know, 60% of the season will help. Um, I think that there's a lot of reasons to be somewhat optimistic about this team's defense. And just given the fact that it's been so long since they've had a good one, I'm excited about it. I think it'll help this team win games. Look, offense is the biggest question mark. 
and and that's where I'll I'll leave you with this, right? We talked about that on, on Wednesday's show. Offense, comfortably the biggest question mark for this team. Comfortably the biggest X factor, right? The reason why the Tigers will be good or bad in 2024 is almost solely going to be contingent on how good this offense becomes. But if the offense is a question mark, and you're pretty confident in, you need to be pretty confident rather in everything else then, if you want to put together a consistent, solid season. We're not sure if the offense is going to be really good or really bad. We're not sure if they're going to take steps in the right direction. Well, if we can be confident in, in having a decent pitching staff, a solid rotation, a solid bullpen, and, and not making a ton of errors and being sound defensively, that is how you still be a competitive ball club with an offense that isn't one of the top 10 in baseball. So it does matter. And I appreciate that we have a front office now that realizes that it does matter. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in. Every day we will be back on Monday. we got a lot of arbitration stuff to talk about. Uh, that deadline is Thursday. And then there's some uh, hearing stuff over the weekend as well. Um, yeah, then we're going to talk about around the league as well. This episode ran a little long. I apologize, but we'll be back on Monday. Peace and love going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.